that verse and someone praying and they talk about you know how God has every hair on our head numbered. Yeah. And uh, you seen my head? He my, he my, I know, I know. I know. He's, he's got follicles numbered, right? Got a whole lot of one of these in there, man. Hey, welcome to first century church in the 21st century. That's what you've just experienced in that, and and that's been our heart since for a long time, man. And so our our heart is always has been, will be to continue to remind folks of who you are in Him, who He's made you to be, and one of the best ways I know how to maybe articulate that in a way that uh, we can all connect with is that in living life, if you went about living life and you knew no one in your family or none of your peer group, no one, none of your friends would speak in to what you knew God was asking you to do, what God had made you to be. That you know without a shadow of a doubt that that's why God has blown life into you and your DNA and yet you will, as we talked about last week, pick up the net of influence from someone else and not charge down that shore. So I want you to think just for a second that if no one ever spoke into your desires, if you knew you wouldn't get any talk back, <laughs> if, you, if you knew that you wouldn't get any of those, are, are, you, sure, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure? If you knew, what, what would your tomorrow look like? Because see, if, if it looks different than what that image is in your mind, then you've picked up this net of influence in allowing others to determine your path instead of the one that blew life into you. And so that's where we're going to pick back up is, is where we were last week. We've been hanging out with this guy, Peter. You know, if, if you've been traveling with this any at all, we, we said, let's just hang out with the guys that said yes to Jesus. And they're just life-changing yeses, right? And, and so that's where we started. We, we started with John the Baptist, and then we hung out with Andrew for a little bit. And then Andrew went and got his brother, Simon. And, and Simon, was his name was changed to Peter. And so we hung out with Peter, and, and we saw where they dropped nets. They dropped their net of influence, and they just started following Jesus. And it's a crazy ride, guys. It's a crazy journey. So... In this following Jesus and the fact that especially in what we just experienced, that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the empowering influence of allowing others to come into your world and help hold each other's arms up. Yes. Right? If there's not ever anything wrong in my life, then there's not ever a need for a Savior. That's what got me in trouble a bunch. <laughs> was me pretending that everything was always fine. And that's what these guys are learning. And so Peter is just, I just absolutely love him. And, and if you remember, after they dropped nets and, and they had this verse read to Jesus is saying these words, he says, I'm going to give you the, king, the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And we found out last week that that meant you've got full authority. What Jesus is doing, he said, here's the keys. I'm going to give you full authority. And the boys just couldn't quite grasp it yet. But they would recall that. 
And so when they got the key, the keys, he says, nothing will conquer it. Now, quick time out. How many times during a day and a moment do we feel like life is just conquering us? Right? Come on. That's the raw, honest truth. Yeah, it's crazy out there, right? And so the thing is, is that we go on this reminder and we go, whoa, wait, wait a minute. No, we're operating from victory. That we're reminded we have full authority. We have the keys. I'm going to drop that net. I'm going to drop that net that says I can't get through this. And I'm going to operate in the power of Jesus that's, that's flowing through me to get through this mess. Whether I've created the mess or not, it doesn't matter. I just don't want to add to the mess. And so the guys have been learning how to do that, and so they've done it. And, and so where we're going to get to right now is go ahead and get to Matthew 17. Man, I can see so much better. <laughs> quick note as you get over to Matthew 17. How many of you have voted? It's a quick sidebar. Is anybody, everybody? Look, and it, this isn't a political deal. If you hang out with me at all, I don't care. I have voted. I want, go vote if you're registered. Go vote. I saw the reminder on mom's calendar. The king's still on the throne. So go vote for confidence, whoever you're going to vote with. The king is still on the throne. Right? But here's the thing. As you go in, Wednesday's coming. Wednesday's coming, gang. Now here's what I would love for us as a people to be about. In your home, and at work, and in the community. Find places of common ground with others. And that starts with love. Yes. Light drives out darkness. The Lord. Be a source of love. Be a source of unity. Be a source of hope. Be a source of, of light for folks. And find common ground with people. And be that first piece of love that maybe someone comes in contact with. Okay? Alright, that's enough for the infomercial there. <laughs> Matthew 17. Verse 1. It's six days later. Now, six days later from a whole lot of stuff that Peter and the boys have been experiencing. But it's six days later. Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, James and John, and led them up a high mountain to be alone. Verse 2, as the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed so that His face shone like the sun and His clothes became as white as light. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. <laughs> Is that not crazy? <laughs> Alright, so let's go back through the scene. You're walking up the mountain. You're with Jesus. Right? He says, hey boys, come on up this mountain with me. And when you get there, Jesus' face is shining like the sun. Has anyone ever tried to look in the sun directly? <coughs> I was even trying to do it today. I was just going over this. And, I was trying to, and you know, you, it, you do this number, right? You go, okay, I, I can do it this time. You just can't. And it says his clothes were white as light. And so you're there and you're seeing that. And, and what's curious to me is now Moses and Elijah are on the scene with him. You're going, where did they come from? 
But the thing is, is that they knew who they were. Right? They knew who they were. And, and, and so it kind of brings back a memory for me that when, since Moses was on the scene, and I love, you, you know I love to have fun with these conversations. It says, they began talking with Jesus. What were they talking about? <laughs> you know, I think Jesus, I, I would love to have been there. There's nothing to back this up from. and It's Bivo, and I love to have fun with these conversations. And Jesus going, what about them frogs, Moses? <laughs> he starts talking about the plagues, and he's kind of poking at him a little bit. So what about, you know, Moses is going, frogs, really? And I picked that. Because that frogs kind of flipped me out. They move too quick for me. I believe everything about getting warts on me if you touch a frog. So I run them over with lawnmowers. <laughs> Doesn't everyone do that? No. No. Uh, oh. I'm pretty sure that wasn't in their conversation either. You know, Elijah's there. He's representing the prophets and he's going, yeah. He said, good night, Jesus. Did you have to wait so long? I've been telling about you for years. And now, I was absolutely getting ripped. But he's on the scene and they're talking. But the other piece of it that kind of intrigues me a little bit is that if you went back, you remember when Moses would have conversations with God? Remember that? If you've read any of it at all, just go back and read Exodus and you'll see these amazing conversations that Moses was having with God. And he would come in and he would overshadow and God's just, he's telling Moses what to do and how to lead the people. Moses has got a little pushback on it, not necessarily wanting to do it. But in this particular dialogue that we're going to just look at just for a second, he is, Moses is telling God, he said, I'm going to do it, but you have to be with me. God, you have to be with us. Your presence God, Your glorious presence is what sets us apart from everyone. That's how people know us is because of You. Now let that sink in just a little bit, gang. The world, for us as people that love Jesus, do they know us because of the Jesus that's around us? In this room, you better believe it because I see you at it every time, every day. They know who you are. They know who you believe in because you're operating in this power of the glory of Jesus. And so Moses is just wanting to make sure, and he asked him in, verse, in, in Exodus 33, verse 16, he says, you, your presence sets us apart. Show me your glorious presence. Listen to how God responds. You don't have to go there. The Lord continued. He's talking to Moses. He says, look, stand near me here on this rock. As my glorious presence passes by, I will hide you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Verse 23, Then I'll remove my hand and let you see me from behind, but my face will not be seen. Here's what I think is intriguing about that. Jesus now is on the mountain and His face is shining like the sun. And the boys, as much as they can, are able to take Him in. You see how God's changing? You see how God is starting to fulfill? He's starting to fulfill every promise that He said that I don't want anyone to perish. 
He said, but right now, my glory, my presence is way too much for you, Moses. It's way too much for the people that I'm saying that I want to set them apart. And I'm going to take you in little steps. Now, for us as a people, sometimes we want to go all the way to the finish line, don't we? Before I get to mile 13, I've got to run mile 2, 3, 4, and 5. God's got Moses and the people, and He's got them at mile 1. He's got them at mile 2. He said, I'm too much for you to handle right now. Now He's got Jesus up there with Moses and Elijah, and Jesus in all His glory, and the boys are there with Him, taking Him in. And so back to the mountain. Matthew 17, verse 4. Peter exclaimed, Lord, it's, it's wonderful for us to be here. If you want, I'll make three shelters as memorials. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. It's, it's almost like you don't know what to say. <laughs> this, this is good. This is good for us to be here. And, and some folks believe that it's a reference to the Feast of Tabernacles. Now you've got to hang on here just for a second. All of the pilgrimage feasts that God set up, like Passover. You've heard of Passover, right? Day of Atonement, right? There's like seven different ones. And this particular one, the Feast of Tabernacle, would be one where all of the Jewish men would go back in to the Holy City. Alright? And gang, you got to remember, that what was the purpose for the pilgrimage? What's the purpose for the feast, all of them? It's remembrance. It's remembering how God liberates us. It's remembering how God is going to empower us. Everything. Everything is set up on. And so this feast for, for days, the guys would set up these little booths. They would hang out in them. And so Peter is just going, man... You want to make a memorial? Maybe, maybe it's in reference to the times when they passed the Red Sea and they would build these stone markers, these stone altars. I don't know exactly what it's for, but it was so much that Peter wanted to make sure that no one forgot about it. Because he surely wasn't. So you see, it was his mountaintop. It's his mountaintop experience. And so we keep going on. Verse 5, But even as he spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed them and a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. Listen to Him. <laughs> the disciples were terrified and fell face down on the ground. I bet. Dang, can you imagine? Look what they've just taken in. Jesus is there with His face as bright as the sun. His clothes just absolutely brilliant with light. And then the God, the Creator of everything, overshadows that. Okay? Then you hear God speak, This is My Son. And what were His words again? Guess who has those same words said to you? I love how the fact that after Jesus was baptized, God said the same thing. This is my beloved Son. Why does He keep reminding Jesus of that? And so for any of us that has ever said, well, man, you know I love you. I told you once. Gang, we were built by the Creator of God to receive love and want love 
constantly. And so when you build a wall up around your heart, you are malnourishing yourself. And when you don't allow yourself to love others in the way that sets them apart, that absolutely feeds them, you become a malnourisher. Allow your heart to receive the very love that God has blown life into you on purpose to receive and give. The other piece of this, gang, look, the disciples were terrified, fell face down on the ground. Then, then Jesus came over and touched them. Get up. Don't be afraid. I just love that. For me, it's like, hey, hey, come on. Come on. Hey, guys, come on. Shh, come on. It's all right. It's okay. Get up. Get that dirt off of you, Peter. James, come on. Your cloak's all wrinkly, man. Straighten yourself up. It's okay. I'm with you. And then when they opened their peepers, it was only Jesus. And what I love about that image game is that I believe God very on purpose in that moment is saying, I am fulfilling everything of the writings of Moses and the prophets in my son. There is no more need for Moses. There is no more need for Elijah. My son has arrived on the scene. Everything that I have taught Moses, everything that I have written through him, everything that I have promised through the prophets is coming to promise in Jesus Christ. There's no more need for Moses and Elijah. As a matter of fact, it's so good, Jesus even said it. It's back over in Matthew 5, and Jesus, you can go, you got to go over here and get this in. It's Matthew 5. This is Jesus. Verse 17. Don't misunderstand why I've come. This is Jesus. If anybody ever asks you, gang, why Jesus has come, here you go. He said, don't misunderstand why I've come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. Nope. What, why did He come? What's your... There you go. I came to accomplish their purpose. To fulfill it. Now gang, quick stop here. See, we can say that, and remember, if you've ever stepped in here, we want you to know why and what His purpose is. So if someone were to come up to you and say, alright, I see that, Bivo. Um, what was the purpose of the writings? What was the purpose of the law? Do you have the answer for them? What would you say? Make us right with God. Did y'all hear that? It's always pointing to make you right with God. And so Jesus says, I've come to accomplish, to fulfill their purpose. Well, how do we know that for sure, Bibbo? Well, it's over in Romans. It's Romans chapter 3. Remember, God said, He said, I, My desire is for no one to perish. <laughs> That's a good, good father. That's a good, good father. So over in Romans chapter 3, verse 21. Romans 3, 21. But now God has shown us a way. Hey, we'll look, gang. We're on the mountain. <laughs> He's shown the way. He's got Peter, James, and John. He's, I'm showing you the way. And so what He says, He says, but now God has shown us a way to be made right, which that means to be accepted, righteous, clean, 
So let's go back and read that with all those words in there. But now God has shown us a way to be accepted with Him without keeping the requirements of the law. Quick time out. That's including your law. Whatever you've got in your head and whatever you've got within your sphere of going, man, if I just keep doing boom, 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 and I'm good with God, uh, he, He's trumped that. Jesus has trumped every bit of that. And so as was promised in the writings of Moses and prophets long ago. So what did you just read there? How are you accepted? Well, it's in verse 22. We are made right. We are accepted with God by placing our faith in Jesus. And this is true for everyone who believes. No matter who you are. <laughs> Do you believe? That's a pretty cool mountaintop experience, isn't it? Now, quick time out. What's your mountaintop? When was your mountaintop with Jesus? That first one. The first of many. Remember? We said there would be many with a Y. M-A-N-Y. With many decisions. M-I-N-I. I've got many, many decisions throughout the day that I'm believing that I'm empowered, that I'm believing that I've already been made right, that I'm believing that I'm as clean as I will ever be because I am cloaked in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, that I'm going to drop my law of net, my net of law, I'm going to believe in the Son that's here before me, and then I'm going to do like what these guys did here in verse 9 as they went back down the mountain the one thing that we're not going to do is this. Jesus commanded them, don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. I, I don't know how they would ever do that. How did, the boys were down there. How did they ever do that? We don't know. That's what we talked about last week when Jesus was telling blind folks not to tell anyone. Crap, you can see. <laughs> Here's the thing. We're talking about life-changing yeses. What if Peter had said no? Remember that first question I asked you before? That if, if no one could say anything into your decisions, what would your tomorrow look like? What if Peter in that moment when Andrew came and found him, when he was still Simon, and, Pete, and Andrew said, Simon, we, we, I found the Messiah, man. Come on. No. He trusted the source. Who introduced you to Jesus? Who are we introducing to Jesus? But here's another one. What, what, if, what, if, what if... And he had every reason to be able to do it. What if Peter by now, after the six days... It's been a pretty grueling six days with Jesus. I mean, can you remember all the stuff that's been going on that they've experienced? He's watching Jesus raise the dead. He's watching blind people see. He's watching paralyzed people start walking. He's casting out demons like crazy. People that couldn't talk now can talk. And it's been a rough six days. And now Jesus, all of a sudden, He says, hey, will you come up the mountain and, and hang out with me and James and John? And what, what if He'd have said like I've done before and go, Dude, please. I'm toast. 
Rabbi, teacher, it's been a pretty full six days, bro. You even said rest. I'm going to do my Sabbath. <laughs> you know, we try to use his words against him, you know. And, but he said yes. If he had said no, but he said yes and got his mountaintop. And so the times that maybe it does feel cruddy to go to the mountaintop, saying yes through that may be something that you'll draw on for the rest of your life. And I believe Peter did. Because we're going to see next week, he needed stuff to draw on when he's starting to tell Jesus, I don't know you. But let's finish this. Because it makes these writings make all the more sense to me now. Alright, these are from Peter. Go over to 2 Peter. Second Peter chapter 1. We're doing good. You're doing good. Listen to this, gang. Second Peter. Highlight this. Tear it out of your Bible. Put it on your screen. Do whatever you got to do. Put a screensaver on it where you see this all the time for remembrance. By His divine power. By whose? His. Look what God has given. God has given us what? Everything. Everything. Come on, gang. Everybody say this together. What has He given us? Everything. Yes. And we have received this. We have, he's given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him. The One who called us to Himself by means. Hey, Peter, will you, James and John, come up to the mountain with me? He called them. See, He's calling you in every moment of every day. He's calling us. Hey, Bivo, you want to you go over and chat with that fellow on the bench? Not really. I mean, that's the honesty of it, right? Moses got to do that. Why can't I? Let's don't, let's don't play the game that we always say yes, guys. <laughs> they didn't. If the boys that wrote the book didn't say yes all the time, how come we can't? It doesn't change our identity in Christ. All the more it makes us more honest with who we are in Him. That we're trusting this relationship with Him so much that He can handle our no in the moment knowing He's going to come right back to me. <laughs> Bivo, will you come with me? Well, you're already with me, Lord, right? Yes, I am. It's just beautiful because you remember when it said Lose sight of self. Remember when we read that verse about denying self, pick up cross and go? And remember we, we taught ourselves that it meant to lose sight of ourselves. And so to me, that's dropping the net of me. What do I have to lose sight of me? What's my agenda so I can be about what He wants me to be about in my everyday? And it's in my work. It's in my home. It's in our community. It's in our schools. It's in our university. And He goes on to say, this is down in verse 16, Oh, wait a minute, let me finish verse 4 first. Because of His glory and excellence, remember He's on the mountain, He took it all in. He has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable. That's a good enabling. <laughs> that you share His divine nature. Whose nature? His. To escape the world's corruption. Is there any corruption going on right now, guys? Oh my God. Yes, it is. Hello. It's pretty rampant. But guess what they've been saying since time? 
since this since they breathed life into this book, guess what every generation has been saying? It's the worst. We ain't never seen nothing like this. Boy, it's the worst it's ever been. They've been saying it ever since we crunched on the fruit. We're gonna finish up. Here we go. You guys are awesome. Second Peter verse one or second Peter chapter one. We're still there. Verse sixteen. Let's finish up. Listen, this is Peter. He's recalling his mountaintop experience and he's sharing it with everyone. And he's saying, For we're not making up clever stories when we told you about the, the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes. You know what that powerful word means right there? The word powerful? Dynamis. Boom! It's one of our favorite words. <laughs> it's the Greek word when it's printed out, it looks like dynamite. And so Peter is saying, I saw this with my own eyes, people. He said, when he received honor and glory from God the Father, the voice from the majestic glory of God had said to him, this is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. Amen. He goes on and he says, we heard that voice from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. What a great yes he had that day. When Jesus came and asked, will you go with me? And he says, because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. Pay close attention to what they wrote. For their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns. And Christ, the morning star, shines in your heart. Here's in closing. Here's what you get to take with you tomorrow. What's your experience of Christ in your mountaintop? In your life-changing yes? Because remember, we said the biggest yes is the yes to Jesus. But the many, with the Y, M-A-N-Y decisions, the many, many decisions that we have throughout the day are the ones where we get the chance to show who we believe we are in Him and He in us. So what's your experience in that? How are you believing that you're sharing in His divine nature? Literally write those out as you go through your day. Because see, there's no separation of Him from you. And so many times we talk about that. You know, is God in this? Is God in that? He's in you. Let Him guide you. Believe Him. Trust Him. He can be trusted. And let your face start shining like Jesus's on the mountain, like the sun. Amen? Amen. Father, I thank You for a people. I thank You for people that love to live life with each other intentionally. Um, I thank You for a people that, that know how to. We say it often that uh, it's not the room or the building that makes um, safe. It's the people that are in it. And so we really only find that out whenever we even go outside of this room and just live life with each other, you know, in our homes or around a breakfast table or around a, a table in a coffee shop to learn, Father, how You've blown life into us on purpose. And that we could find unity with one another and, and living out that purpose that You've blown into us. So Lord, it's a great time. It's just a great time to be together. 
So Lord, we love You and, and we just count it such a blessing to be able to, to be together. Thank You for the empty tomb. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.